Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, book lovers. Want to hear a story? Welcome back to Storytime with M. This is a mini episode from M's Books and Cats podcast, where I am sharing my book, The Last Witch, a chapter a week. And this week is chapter seven. Enjoy. I awoke several hours later. Valencia was watching me, and her face was worried and aged. She helped me sit up and handed me a cup of fragrant tea. I inhaled the scent of mint and lemon and felt revived just from the smell. The tea warmed its way down, and I was soon able to hold my head up and sit without support. We sat in silence, looking at each other without speaking, but I could feel Valencia reading my thoughts, and now I could read hers. I saw my mother, as she had been in the picture, but the dark man beside her was angry, not smiling. With a word, he cast my mother down. My father rushed to her side, but he too was knocked senseless with a word and a flip of the wrist. I saw Valencia alone in this house, awakened suddenly, screaming and weeping for her fallen daughter. I reached into my pocket and brought out the photo, scratching my finger on the nail in the process. When I held it out to Valencia, vibrant red drops of blood fell onto the picture, obscuring the man's face. She took it with trembling fingers, and I could see tears in her eyes. She sat looking at it for a long time. I kept hoping she would speak and break the dreadful silence, but she didn't. Who is he? My voice was low, and for a long time Valencia did not answer. She didn't even move. And I began to wonder if I had spoken aloud or just thought the question. Either way, she should have heard me. I asked again. She sighed and rubbed her eyes, wiping the tears away before she spoke. I think you know the answer to that already. We've spoken of him before. He was the king of the Raskis, the form his evil half took during your mother's generation. What about the good half? An answer to this popped into my head, but I couldn't believe it was true. I wanted Valencia to tell me I was wrong. Another man, the other you saw in my thoughts just now. You knew it before you asked. The other half was your father. But he killed him as well. It's not possible. Valencia sighed again. The topic was a painful one, and I knew that it hurt her to speak of it. I reached over and took her hand. She smiled weakly at me and squeezed my fingers. He did not kill them that time. I can't think about the time Clara died. It's too painful. They will not kill each other, Casey. Remember that, always. No matter what the good one feels for you, they will always protect their other half, for they are truly one. A sob interrupted her speech, and she sat crying for a long time. I began to wonder what time it was. I had no idea how long I'd been out, and we had spent a great deal of time sitting in silence. Valencia began to calm herself, and was soon once again able to speak. I'm sorry. This is a very painful subject for me. I failed your mother. I tried to make her understand, but she wouldn't listen to me. She was blinded by love for your father, and later with lust for the other. That's how they get you. That's how Sparks got to me. Witches are much like other women, Casey. We are capable of love and can fall because of it just like anyone else. That's why I tried to warn you against loving that boy. I know how you feel, but I don't want to lose you. 
You're the last hope for the witches of Norg Hollow. They must know I was there. The wind was so loud. You must pretend that you were not. They already know what you are, and I'm sure they know you have started your training. Your changing clothing is proof enough of that. I'm not sure what their plans are, but something big is coming. It's in the air. The outcome will change everything, and you must be prepared. I'm scared. I know, dear. It's natural to be so, but you must not let it keep you from your duty. Now if you are strong enough, follow me. Time is running out, and I must transfer as much of my powers to you as I can. There isn't a moment to spare. We've already wasted too much time. Valencia went to the wall of the hidden room and tapped three times. A panel slid open, revealing a hidden compartment. From there, she drew a small package wrapped in brown paper. She removed the paper and handed me a brown leather box. I undid the clasp, designed to look like a snake, the emblem of Norg Hollow. Inside was a small golden compass. Its needle pointed south, like the ones I had seen in the pictures. This compass is the last of its kind. It was traditionally given to the witches on the day they completed their training. The needle points south so that a witch may someday find her way back to Norg Hollow. Your training would usually take much longer, but we will have to move things along. I wish it could have been different. The Rasky has never found a witch so quickly, but he had a special connection to you. The compass is a death sentence, or it has been to all the witches born in this world. Upon receiving it, all have met a terrible death at the hands of the Rasky, including your mother. I hope for you it will be different. I picked up the compass. The face began to glow, golden and warm, in my hand. Valencia smiled. It is a good sign. She pulled back a tapestry, revealing another passage, and I followed her down a long corridor. I lost sense of where we were in the house, but when we emerged, I recognized the room immediately. It was a room near the freezer, an eyesore from the outside, jutting off of the house at odd angles and composed of something resembling stucco. I had been through this room a few times before. It was dusty, cobwebs hung from the high ceiling, and the evening sunlight that streamed through the dirty window sliced through the dust in shimmering beams. There were gray mounds throughout the room, sheets draped over ancient furniture, and hidden beneath the thick layer of dust that had accumulated for decades. Valencia yanked the sheet off the tallest of the lumps, sending up a massive cloud. I coughed and choked as it filled the air, but Valencia continued to uncover the mysterious mounds. As the dust began to settle, she turned on the lights, and I saw what had been hidden for so long. I wasn't really sure what I was looking at. One was a tall metal box lined with purple silk. It looked like a coffin from the future, with thick wires running from it to a large glass bubble. Beside it was a straight-back chair. Valencia motioned me toward the chair. Sit here, Casey. Do not be afraid. She opened a panel on the side of the space coffin and began flipping switches, causing yellow and red lights to flash. That isn't helping. Sorry. She flipped one more switch and closed the panel. What is this thing? This is a machine your father was working on before your mother was killed. He was all that was good in the King Rasky, and he tried to help your mother. He would have sacrificed himself to save her. It was a noble idea, and it would have ended all of our strife had it worked. This machine was made to transfer my knowledge of witchcraft and my power and strength into your mother. Your father wanted her to be prepared to fight his other half, Nix, he was called then. I feared this machine. The world has changed so much over the last four centuries, and science is the most baffling development of all. 
It is its own kind of magic. I refused to use it and continued teaching Clara in the old ways, the ways of the witches of Nork Hollow. I was too slow, and when Nix came for her, she was not ready. She fell prey to his cunning mind, and she died. Valencia stopped briefly, glancing at me with fresh tears in her eyes. I will not make the same mistake again. The old ways must be remembered, but it does not translate to this modern world. The new age of witches will have to cross the borders and be proficient in this world as well as Nork Hollow. That is how we will survive, and the witch's bloodline will endure. Come back here after you have found the island. This is your home now. All the paperwork is complete. Valencia, why are you talking so strangely? Put on the bubble, Casey. I'm not sure what will happen, but I want you to know how much I love you and how very proud I am of you. I hugged her, and we cried together. As we separated, she smiled and put her fingers to her lips. She began to chant, and soon I joined in. We stood holding hands and chanting, and I could feel the magic surrounding us. The air was electric. Valencia got into the box, and I sat in the chair with my back to her and placed the bubble over my head. Magic swirled inside the bubble. Purple and blue streaks swept before my eyes. I took a deep breath and was filled with happiness and strength. I could feel my powers growing, and a calmness settled over me. Pictures flashed through my mind, some beautiful and inspiring, and some violent and horrifying. I could hear Valencia's voice the whole time, speaking strange words, incantations in a language long dead, and yet I knew exactly what she was saying. Her magic flowed into me and became a part of me. Then the colors faded away, and the air grew clear and still. I lifted the bubble from my head and turned toward Valencia. I moved slowly, dreading what I already knew was waiting. She lay in the box, lifeless and gray. I had expected to be horrified, but she looked so serene. Her face was calm, her lips turned up in a small smile. Her hands were clasped neatly at her waist, and there was a look of contentment that lifted my spirits. I gently closed her eyes, whispering a witch's blessing for the dead, and closed the coffin. My father had known when he made it what the fate of the elder witch would be, and he was willing to risk more than just his own life for my mother. Perhaps he had not been entirely good. Perhaps a Rasky can never be completely good, or they would become something else. My father had still been a Rasky when my mother died. He hadn't tried to kill Nix. He hadn't even fought him until after my mother was dead. But he had left this behind, a present for me, something to help me save me from the next reincarnation of himself. Valencia's death made me angry. I stormed around the house, throwing open doors long denied to me, seeing the house as she had seen it, learning about her life through the things she had collected. A small silver hand mirror caught my eye. The surface was dulled with age, and the misty glass was barely able to show a reflection. I picked it up and absently slipped it into the pocket of my dress. I don't know why I took it. It wasn't pretty or clean. I spent the whole night going through the rooms, too energized by the acquisition of my new powers to sleep. When dawn broke over the treetops, I entered the library. I was following a sound, a low moan that had begun after Valencia passed. I chased it all over the house without locating its source, until I finally came to the library and found that the sound was coming from the book, Dumavine. It trembled on the shelf, and when I took it down, it uttered a happy sigh. Hello, Casey. Its voice was familiar. I didn't answer. You've come at last. 
I have waited many years for this moment, perhaps too long, but you are here now. That is what matters. Who are you? I was made many years ago, before your mother was killed. It was her attempt to preserve my spirit, for she knew that no matter what happened at her final trial, I was going to change. Either I would die and vanish from this world, or I would go back for a transformation, returning to haunt your steps until you came of age. She wanted to save a piece of me, as I was with her. We truly loved each other, you know. You're my father? Yes, in a way, I am. Anyway, I'm all that's left of him. The transformation is never quite the same. The haves always come out different. And this new split sounds like a dangerous one. Valencia has kept me up to date on your activities regarding the boy down the road and his sister. She was a kind woman, and I am sorry she has passed. I knew it would happen, but the need to speed up your training was too great. Even Valencia could not dispute it. Are you still a Rasky? Somewhat. There is still a connection, hence the story about my existence that Evelyn enjoys so much. Of course, it couldn't be completely accurate, or they might have found me first. I used them to communicate with you, to let you know where I was. It was dangerous, for they have been looking for me for a long time. Their powers are weakened, as long as I remain missing. How do I know I can trust you? The book sighed in my hands. You don't, but I hope you will before we part. We'll see. We may part sooner than you expect. The book jumped in my hand. That must not happen, Casey. No matter what befalls you, you must make sure that I am with you, or you will not survive. The King of the Raskies was very, very powerful, far stronger than the witches ever anticipated. The power of one half of him is almost equal to that of a witch. I mean no offense. I only wish to prepare you for what is to come. I didn't answer immediately. I couldn't help wondering if Blade would protect me if Evelyn attacked. I wanted to believe he would, that he loved me as much as I loved him. I wasn't willing to give up what small hope I had. After some time sitting in silence, the book demanded my attention. He asked again to be kept with me at all times. I agreed, though, hesitantly. I couldn't imagine bringing him with me when I was next alone with Blade. The rest of the night was spent listening to the book talk. It was as if he was making up for the last decade spent in silence. He asked me to call him Dumavine, but for some reason I couldn't speak the name aloud. My tongue refused to allow it, so I called him Duma instead. Duma spent the evening instructing me on the history of Gredic and warning me against different aspects of his power and magic. It was informative, for he told me things that Valencia had never alluded to and perhaps had not known. Her death still seemed surreal, and I had not yet allowed myself to accept it. When she walked into the library, I was stunned. She was now Valencia as she had been seen by the world, frail and crippled, with the eyes and hair of a maniac. I threw down the book, ignoring his cry of protest, and ran to her. I hugged her tight and heard a terrible snapping sound. Valencia muffled a cry of pain as I jumped away from her. Her bony fingers grabbed her skeletal shoulder, and she was biting her lip in pain. There were tears in her eyes, but she smiled at me when she spoke. Careful, child. I am happy to see you as well. When I woke, I doubted either of us had survived that horrid machine. I see you have met Duma. He was not your mother's brightest idea, but he has served his purpose over the years. You nasty old woman. 
You kept me silent for far too long. Think of the damage we could have done to the Rasky before he even found Casey. We could have saved her from this terrible fate. More likely she would have died much sooner, before her training began. The fact that they found her so quickly, I credit to your existence. I should have burned you when I had the chance. You didn't dare. Even in this form, you could not destroy me. I am too powerful, and your time is done. Why didn't you pass away and leave the girl to fight her battle? It was selfish to save some of yourself. You should have given her everything you had. Valencia froze. Her eyes were fixed with intense hatred on the book lying at her feet. I picked him up and placed him back on the shelf. The shelves shook with the strength of his rage, but his protests died down after a few minutes when he realized the futility of his efforts. I turned to Valencia. She lowered herself slowly into a chair, still holding her shoulder. I went to her and placed my hands upon her shoulder. She winced and tried to pull away, but I held her there, focusing all my energy into her shoulder until it began to glow. A moment later, I stepped away. She rolled her shoulders and sighed. Thank you for taking the pain away, Casey. But I cannot allow you to do such a thing again. You will need all the strength you have to fight them. I will not have you wasting it. Here, drink this. She handed me a small vial of golden liquid. What is it? Demivale, a special sleeping serum. You have very little of this night left, and you must rest. This will help you wake refreshed no matter how little sleep you get tonight. When will the fight begin, Valencia? You're acting like it will be soon. I don't know, dear. I'm not sure when it will come or in what form, but I feel that it will be very soon. I want you prepared. The end is coming. Of the Raskis or the witches, I know not. But soon everything is going to change. Sleep now, while you are able. I drank the vial. It was warm and tasted sweet, like honey and rose petals. My eyelids became very heavy, and I lay down on the floor of the library, unable to even make it to the couch. Valencia covered me with a warm blanket. Darkness crept over me, and I knew no more. And that is the end of Chapter 7, Book Lovers. I hope you're still enjoying The Last Witch. If you want to read ahead, it is available in paperback and Kindle versions. Just check out frapmedia.com, booksandcatspod.com, or you can just go to Amazon. And I have other books, too, so check those out. Thank you so much for listening. I will be back next week with another chapter. Thank you all so much for listening, and until next time, keep reading. A Media Production.